All right, I'm trying to upload a file of this morning at five in the morning. I triggered the dog. Uh, he was way up in the house. He could see me recording something down here. I was recording the uh, the owl, and the, the light comes on when you're on your cell phone. You could see my cell phone all the way down there. He was barking, and I got it on audio, but the audio file. I try to upload it and it says a file you're uploading is not supported. Please check the file requirements and try again. So the audio files are not compatible between my cell phone and what gets uploaded. So I might have to play it and then record it. So let's see if I can even do that. I actually transmitted it over to um, Google already. So let's see what I can get away with. Uh, I don't really know. File manager. Yeah, I can't find it on my phone. So it would be a matter of me playing it, I guess, on Google. So let's find out if, uh, if I can even do that. I'm going to go and listen to this. that he can see me and he keeps an eye out all the way from the house he can see when I'm there and as soon as he sees me cross a certain point he starts barking and now one of those points is as soon as I walk out the door of the motorhome and that's where I was when the light came on from the voice recorder recording the owl so he saw that started barking now his the landlord is owner and wonder why the heck he's barking. So, might as well make their dog annoy them as much as he annoys me. Okay, so that was the recording. I guess that's how I'm going to have to do this uh, from this point on, is uh, get recordings and see what they are. I can't really tell by looking at them uh, what the recording is on... Um, uh, it just happened to be that's the one I know I was looking at because of the size of the file that I was uh, listening to. So um, I it, it says 3GP video, and it's the next one I'm going to listen to. I don't know what it is. It's five minutes and 20 seconds. I've been documenting the birds that are around here. Right now there's an Okay, so that's just me documenting the birds because I like birds. Okay.
that's all that was about. Now here's another one that's 10 megabytes. Okay, so that's 10 megabyte file is Thomas's pre the first interaction of today with the dog. And uh, Thomas was right there closing the door saying nothing. And then it uh, should be a longer file with me uh, uh, recording him. Oh, shit. Nope. I guess not. I guess that's the one. If I didn't catch it on that one, then I did not catch it. So let's hear whether or not I caught it. Uh, Case 1134. I just had an interaction with Thomas. The dog just started barking at me. And I tried to close the door, and Thomas closed the door with me. He was really calm. And then... Necessary to, to live in Niceville. 
where people pretend to be nice, but they're really, they're just a bunch of fucking assholes. So. I don't fucking get it. You know, I don't fucking get it. And that's how I feel when I'm coming down from a, an anxiety-provoking episode. And I feel that way even normally. It's just like, it's fucking normal for me to not fucking get it. I don't understand what's going on in life. Okay? When I was a non-Christian, I got it. People are assholes. They're going to be assholes. And when you grow up, you get to be the asshole. But then I became a Christian, and they you know, changed the rules. Turns out the rules are no different for Christians. Christians are assholes. They're just far more sophisticated assholes. That's basically what's going on. Sophisticated assholeism. And when the push comes to shove, shove, they're just as big an assholes as ordinary assholes. They really are. Oh, fuck. Here comes Thomas again. Oh, hey, Thomas. Yeah, let's, uh, let's leave it as it is. Okay. If you can just clean up the grass, that's good. Because that won't solve my, any of my problems. I'll move the dirt if you want. Uh, I don't know where you want it, but I'll move it. Since I moved it over there. Yeah, maybe put it you back. You can just, like, spread it. Yeah. Dirt is easy to spread. Yeah. It's hard to move, though. And uh, the... the Cart? The junk. If you have, just drop it in this, and then I'll slowly throw it away. All right. Yeah. And, uh... Should I move this uh, cart over to where the other uh, wheeled vehicle is? Leave it where it is. That thing's heavy. I didn't realize how heavy it is when I started working on this. Yeah. <laughs> the main thing I want to get out is this uh, grass. If you can do it, that's great. Otherwise, I'll do it. I've been knocking them down. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one, yeah. Let the chicken they'll keep on doing this, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah, as I told you, you know, this whole place, you can clean, keep it clean. That's good. Clean and scent like out of grass. This is, yeah, because if you move it there, then again, I'm in, I have to move that out back, right? Because I have to, because I, I'm keeping this only for the tweaks. Um, I have to rent that thing and then uh, grind it. Can you use twigs for anything? Uh, for, I, no, I will have to grind it. I can't think of a single use for twigs. All right. Then I'll be knocking. Um, I've been knocking down weeds. I did that some of the over there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So any uh, updates on your son's admission and all that? Uh, no, actually. Admission should have come now, right? I haven't heard from him for two weeks. Okay, I see. Okay. Um, Saturday. He's not in the Purdue. That's what he said last time, right? Purdue, right? He, he decided against Purdue. Okay. He's gonna go to something in California. Oh, he's, he'll be back. In yeah. Canada. So he's got UCLA, UC San Diego. Uh, I I don't think he said Berkeley. Um, 
several UCs and not Stanford and not like the highest end uh, private because you can't pay for it. Okay. So UCs too good. CLA is good. Yeah, these are good schools. They're, yeah. you know, what is the major in civil engineering? He wants to do civil engineering. I Which sounds yeah. I'm a civil engineer. Are you really? Yeah. I thought you were software. Oh. I changed software later. Okay. Well, civil is like probably the next big thing. Now, everything is going to be civil because they have to change all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had no idea that so much was civil okay. engineering. So he has to join like this fall, right? Yeah. So he, you already, he, already got accepted to that. You should be accepting, finalizing it now, this week. Yes. Yeah. So, because this is the deadline, I think. May May 1st was the deadline, I think. 15. Yeah. I don't know when the deadline was. Okay. So uh, I asked that question because of your plans also. You wanted to move along with your son very well closer, right? So. Those were my plans, yes. Okay. So, yeah, let me know your plans. And, uh, uh, yeah, I was quite. I'm still worried about you for this uh, COVID and all that. Good that we didn't get it. Uh, we're not wearing masks. Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So far, nothing. But you know, I might be asymptomatic or whatever they call it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, watching those interception vectors. Yeah. Yeah. So careful touching that. And uh, yeah. What, what's that? Careful touching the uh, the water. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I got a spray bottle down there and garbage, which I spray afterwards when I yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we were thinking, talking at home also, like, uh, you need to have a plan to, you know, you know, long plans to go out and all that. So, let me know a date when you want to do that. All right. Uh, now, summer, so it's a good time to think about it. And also, your son is going to a new place. So, Okay, yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah. When do you want to check on that? Like, yeah. Well, I had called him last week and he didn't respond. So I, I'm supposed to have custody on Saturdays. Okay. And he doesn't respond anymore. So okay. I don't think he wants to talk to me anymore. I see. Okay. So it may just be that he doesn't want me to be around. Okay. Then I don't know what to do. So uh, my daughter doesn't talk to me. Okay. How about your new woman? job and all those things? Are you planning anything? Um, the the lady that does the uh, photography, she has a side job, which is actually kind of doing pretty good right now. Uh, she sells stuff out of storage units and stuff, and I've been helping her with that. Okay. Um, she, uh, yeah, there's going to be quite a bit of work, but she has like eight storage units. And so she doesn't even know what some of the stuff is in. So we're categorizing what's in it and we're, you know, uh, moving things and, and selling them on eBay and all kinds of stuff. Uh, that is here, right? I mean, you are planning, looking nationwide for a job. and uh, I have not been looking for a job uh, since Corona hit, no. And, and uh, um, so my so plan was... Like a, yeah, tentative date that you want to put together. Like, because once it gets winter, it becomes more difficult to move. Mm -hmm. So this is April early in uh, spring and then uh, summer would be a good time so if my son says it's okay for me to live wherever he lives then yeah. that'll be the plan like if he's yeah. in san diego then i'm going to try to move to san diego okay and so i find out within the next couple three weeks or whatever i don't really know when but soon right well, he has to he yeah ha he should be uh, accepting it this week may first of the i can find out that so i'll find out and then and then i'll start making plans and then then i'll be out of your hair yeah i don't know when but i you know. maybe let's put like a 
Yeah, before the end of summer, which is like July. Then after that, it becomes difficult for you to move, you know? It's difficult so. for me to move anyways, Thomas. Yeah. Okay. This was a close call. I got really worried, like, uh, the, the COVID, right? Um, there can be more, you know, instances like this. So let's not wait until the next COVID strikes. This was a strange one. Yeah. Okay, so you'll check with your son, maybe. Shall we touch base in two weeks? Okay, yeah. I'll touch base in two weeks. Yeah. Hey, uh, this is lucky thing. Either you can keep your door closed, I always, because he comes, we kind of let him eat. Since all of us are at home, anytime when somebody comes out, he also comes out. Well, you see me closing the door when he gets by. Yeah. So, and this keeps him out. I just yeah. don't like him barking at me, that's all. Yeah. But that's so where things are at right now. Yeah, I also do. He came in, in, he came into where, into, I mean, like, deep into where I live, and he was barking and growling at me. That's scary. Yeah. I, I don't think you realize how scary that is. That's, that's another chemistry. That's exactly what the Charlie said. You were talking yesterday. Yeah. He bites you or something, or you hurt He's him. already bit me four times. So, this is, yeah, it's time for me to start looking at other options. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's touch base like two weeks, and then uh, my suggestion would be this is a good time to find the jobs because uh, you know there's a lot of recycling happening in jobs, job space. Like a lot of people left, and a lot of new people they are trying. So this is a good opportunity for you. There's 20 million people out of job, and then uh, a lot of those things are coming back. So so this is a good time for you to look for a job. Actively look for a job because. You know, the permanent guys are gone now, so there's a lot of recycling happening. So I'm sure your son will take either LA or SD, so those are the two top you mentioned. Yeah, if it's Los Angeles, I really don't, I gotta tell you, I don't want to live in Los Angeles. I don't like, I don't like it really congested, you know what I mean? Yeah, San Diego is good. I like San Diego, I don't like San, Los yeah. Angeles. But things have changed down in Southern California, it's just so congested it's you know just driving anywhere takes takes two hours it's the weirdest thing it's, it's becoming like that here so uh anyways yeah that it does seem to be like we're winding down in terms of uh my my goal was uh hang around my son and that this enabled me to do that and if he's if he takes off then i take off if yeah. i can if he wants me to live with him okay. or not with him but near him yeah, so it's, uh, now it's what, uh, May 1st, so May 2nd, so May, June, July, three months. Uh, for like, July or something. Well, the weather is still warm. Yeah, so because after that it becomes like, you know, it's uh, all. Is that okay? I'm good with that target. All right, okay, so that's not towards it. All right. Yeah, and you can take easy on the grass and all that. I'll, I'll take care of it. It's not a big deal. Uh, vines seem to be doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Better. I mean, I didn't even know those were vines. I guess just watering them is what what it took. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I tried to fix this tap also. My, I injured my finger cutting the trees, so I need to maybe have another week. Okay. okay. Thank See you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
Alright, well, that was the situation at Tyler Thomas basically gave me notice. Right in the middle of coronavirus, acknowledging coronavirus was part of this, which is against the law. It's criminal behavior. He wants me to modify my behavior instead of modifying his dog's fucking behavior. I'm getting angry, so this is really bad. Um, where are you going to go when you graduate? When I graduate, I've heard it's been postponed. So it's no longer in May. I don't actually know when I'm graduating. <laughs> How do they do that? Um, they were just like, well, shoot, this coronavirus thing's going to last a while. So let's just do graduation later. <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> but you basically get all your credits and you you graduate. It's just not on paper. Probably. So when do you have to accept uh, one way or another from your colleges? Um, yesterday. <laughs> Did you make a decision? Yep. I'm going to UCLA. Hmm. That's one of the areas I kind of dislike. <laughs> I'm going to UCLA. <laughs> what made you decide on uh, UCLA? Well, honestly, like the main thing was just that it's like a really good and prestigious school, and I just didn't. I'm like, I just really didn't know what I. <laughs> wanted from a college so i was like mm, i'm gonna be indecisive why not be indecisive at like a really good school and i could always step down later <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so you basically went with uh prestige and it, so the ability to step down off of prestige i guess basically yeah hmm. like UCLA has a lot of like appeals to it. It's like historically a, a great school. It's like the academics are just amazing. I I hear the food is like absolutely legendary at UCLA. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, you're gonna live in the dorms? Oh yeah, like I think they require you to in the first year, but with this coronavirus here, they I don't know. Like I tried looking stuff up on UCLA and they're base basically they went with the lawyers dodge and was like at this time we are not sure <laughs> kind of answers. Hmm. Okay. So um I'm wondering if you would be okay with me uh living near you. I don't, I don't need to be really close to you, but I would like to be near you enough to see you once in a while. I don't know how often you would like to see me though. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. It's just, um, UCLA, I'll most likely won't have a car. So, cause, uh, if I live in the dorms, like the car parking permits pretty expensive as far as I'm aware. And like, so I would I would be hoping to live somewhere near UCLA, which means rents are going to be expensive, most likely. Yeah, so that'd be kind of hard. But you're okay with that, with me trying to live near you? 
Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Maybe you could live somewhere like, I don't know if there's like a train that passes through. I don't know. That's not a bad idea. Like some kind of train you just hop on. I hop on the train once a week or something and come visit you. I can't yeah. do it from here because that's like a four-hour train ride, right? Yeah. All right. Well, let me check into that. I'll see what I can get away with and that kind of thing. I guess I'm a little surprised. I thought you were going to go to that Colorado School of Mines thing, but uh, then you got to pay out-of-state out of tuition, and that, that was a smart move. I got uh, wait, wait listed there, actually, because I think I applied too late. Oh. Uh, because they have rolling admissions, and a lot of students apply last minute like I did. <laughs> yeah. So I just got kind of lost in the crowd. Like, a lot of my other friends, like, they got accepted to Colorado School of Mines, even though – and I have, like, way better, like, statistics in them. So I was like, oh, okay, I just kind of messed up there. <laughs> oh, so it was all on early admission. It wasn't on how good you are. <laughs> well – for schools that do rolling, they, they want to get the best students. But if they're doing rolling, then they have to kind of guess what the future is going to be like for what for what students are going to apply. So I think school minds just guessed wrong. <laughs> well, ordinarily, I think the kids that apply early are going to be the ones that really take it very seriously, you know? But this was this was kind of the coronavirus time, and so it was like everything got thrown up in the air. It's hard to make yeah. make uh, sense out of what's going on. So apparently, there's a Westwood slash UCLA Amtrak Thursway bus slash I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, let me Google and see what would it be. Uh, Trains near UCLA. Yeah. How to take the train to UCLA. The Westwood. So is UCLA in Westwood? Yeah. Or it's near Westwood at least. Alright. Here's an Here's the thing. It's a Move It app. Ever hear of them? Move It? No. How to get to UCLA in Los Angeles by bus, subway, or train. I don't think there's such a thing as a subway in uh, California. <laughs> so that must be a bunch of New Yorkers telling us that we need a subway. Isn't it the subway that caused so much trouble with the virus spreading it because everybody's all cramped in? Uh, I'd imagine that'd be an issue. And they never shut it down. So they, New York had some of the worst uh, numbers. Well, I mean, New York in general is just very cramped. Like, it's not just the subway, although I think the subway might be a big part of it. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess I've got some homework to do to figure out where I might want to live down there. I have no idea what my financial situation is. I think I lost about half of my of my savings. Move It helps you to find the best way to get to UCLA and step-by-step -step directions from the nearest public transit. 
All right. And then it says, from Citadel Outlets, I have never heard of some of these places, 132 minutes from Brea Mall, 220 minutes from Redondo Beach, 115 minutes from SLS Hotel at Beverly Hills in Los Angeles, 49 minutes from Glendale, Galleria, Glendale, 97 minutes. I've heard of all these places, but I don't know anything about them. I mean, just given, like, the freeway patterns, road patterns, I'm just looking at the map. But all this, this area seems to be pretty densely populated, which would mean the rent pretty hard. So, so what I'm kind of um, getting at is I really dislike living in densely populated areas. <laughs> So I, I, this is not going to be easy for me to live near you. All right. University of California, Los Angeles. Well, at least I'm still in California, right? <laughs> well, I didn't tell you this, but my plan was basically move wherever you go, if you're willing. And then... Uh, because that's what my, my mother did with my sister. She just kind of started following her around, living near her and stuff. And, uh, and, and it seemed like a pretty nice arrangement for them. And then she ended up getting really close with uh, my sister's kids, with her grandchildren. And I thought, you know, that worked out really well for her. And I, I thought that was an interesting strategy and stuff. She, she, had, she was really low uh, resource also, kind of like how I am now. So maybe at some point I'll just find some job and stick with it and not, you know, I don't have to be a wealthy millionaire or nothing. I just need to be able to pay rent and uh, buy food, pay for some medical care. There's some um, national forests nearby. I wonder if there's could be like some sort of like, I don't know, just maintenance job where you get to live there, you know? Like, well, I see the 405 goes through some nice, look at there's, there's some really nice looking foresty areas up there where you see in Westwood and stuff. So if I could go to Beverly Glen, I wonder how long it takes to get there from Beverly Glen. All right. Well, it looks like that's where I'm headed. I'll see what, uh, what, what that means. I'm, you know, it, as much as I dislike living in, uh, in um, dense environments and stuff, I may not do this. Just because right. for my own emotional and mental health, that probably, that might not be so healthy for me. Yeah. And then uh, we've discovered Zoom. I can Zoom you. You want to Zoom now? Um, sure. Uh, oh. I can, like, create a Zoom meeting with Exit Invite. Let me see. I can do the same thing now. I've done it once before now. All right, applications, Zoom. Okay, I'm up on Zoom. Do you want a meeting ID? 
needing ID and password because I'm going to be accessing it from my computer. But give me just a moment. What's the meeting ID? Meeting ID is 995-599-0520. All right. And what's the password? 305255. I see you there. I see you. Can you hear me? All right, I guess that will, let's turn off, I'm going to turn off the cell phone. Okay, I'm turning, I'm cutting it off. And uh, you're pretty dark, like you're silhouetted. It looks almost kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, because the window behind me. Why don't you turn around and then have the window light up your face? Okay. I want to see if I can get away with this because it's uh, comfortable. <laughs> uh, it's comfortable, but it's I'll move to my desk. creepy looking. Anyways, uh, let me see. Oh, that's better. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I can see you now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's not as comfortable, but it's weird because what you what I was looking at was it looked like the back of your head, frankly. <laughs> no, I, I was looking at the camera. I was like, hmm, I'm like a shadow. <laughs> so it looks like this. <laughs> so you're going to be civil engineer UCLA? Yeah, civil right. engineer. Um, might possibly switch majors if I'm like, wow, this sucks, but I don't know. A lot of unknowns I'm walking into will just have to take it as I go. Well, some of the civil stuff is getting hot right now with all this virus thing. They're suddenly discovering that a lot of the civil engineering things that they... Uh, they had assumed were were <laughs> invalid assumptions, you know, like cramming a bunch of people together. Yeah, I guess so. It would be a yeah. much different field now. Yeah. In a way. So you can watch the field change. I mean, civil engineering in general just seems like it's a very secure job. <laughs> the only thing is, to me, it sounds kind of boring. If you're building anything, you kind of need a civil engineer, like, there. 
to me, it just sounds boring. That's all. But if you find something that, if you like it, see, that's the thing. If you like it, then it's not going to be boring for you. I can't hear you. Oh, uh, if you like, can you hear me? No. No, I can't hear you. Uh Oh, can you hear, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. That's strange. Could be your microphone. Um, I'm going to mute and unmute. I'm muted now. Uh, Unmuted. Huh? You can look at the input settings. It's on the little arrow next to the microphone. If you're on a computer, that is. I'm going to say internal mic. Internal mic. microphone is set on the same as system, which is my computer's microphone. Did it, when did it stop working? Oh shit. You can't hear me. Which I, which I'm told is a little louder. I usually Um, have on my computer so that if I'm eating chips, people won't hear as much. I don't know what to do. I'm going to call you. You can play charades. <laughs> oh, phone call? Okay. I don't know if I accepted it or not. I think I accidentally clicked something. Did you just, uh, can you call me again? Because I, I think I misclicked something that's messing things up on my end. I'm going to mute you off of here. I can hear you. Okay, so I can hear you on my phone and I can see you on the camera. But for some reason, it's not working. Weird, huh? I think you muted the phone. Now I can hear you. You, I think you muted the phone. <laughs> no, I was trying to use my headphones on the phone. Oh, okay. Maybe my microphone on my headphones doesn't work. Usually it works. Hold on, let me try it again. Hello? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Uh, I can... I, can hear you. It's really strange. Maybe my audio is being used for something else. I've been doing a lot of audio uh, stuff. Stuff should just only be on my end of the call. Like, really shouldn't be interfered by other stuff like that. So, I don't know. Either the phone's fault. He said phone's kind of shut as soon as they came out of the box. So, Hmm, that's too bad. Yeah.
All right. So, uh, what what are your plans when you become a uh, a engineer, a civil engineer? Do you have plans? Like, where would you like to go to live? Um, I really don't know. I guess just I I I've never been gifted with the ability to know what I want many years ahead time. So it's you might just play it by ear then, huh? Like apply for different jobs and then whoever accepts you, that's where you're going. <laughs> Basically. Okay, so then you might want to take a geographical um strategy which is decide what kind of weather you like to live in. You know, you've never lived in cold winters before. Yeah. So you might want to talk to your sister, Grace, about that because cold winters get, oh man, sometimes they really kind of suck. But you get used yeah. to it, right? I think I, I think I, could, I got a good personal gauge on how much I would dislike cold winters. <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then really, really hot summers can suck, too. So, like, if you're stuck in Texas where it goes 120 degrees, you're just like, whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, for me, I'm, I I was raised in the same area as you, in the you know, San Francisco Bay Area. So I became a weather wimp. And I, but unfortunately, that really reduces all the places you can live in comfortably, right? <laughs> And yet, it helps you, you know, real uh, appreciate this area. And it's a kind of a unique and special area. Then you lived in uh, Santa Barbara for a while, right? The weather there is even more wimpy than here. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I remember mom telling me stories about how she couldn't even handle the hot tub after she lived in Santa Barbara for a while. <laughs> I remember uh, tracking. Um, how many days I did some mathematical analysis, how many days of the year it was between say 65 degrees and 85 degrees. Cause when it goes above 85, it's pretty hot and below 65. It's actually below 65. Isn't that cold. So I'm pretty sure I reduced it down to, uh, 62 or something. Anyways, just comfortable. Right. And then how many days of the year and Santa Barbara was like, 10 days out of the year that it was outside of that zone. <laughs> and then San Francisco Bay Area was like 25, okay? And you just go, okay, this is the wimpiest weather that you could possibly have. I mean, there's other areas, maybe like Los Angeles, but it gets really hot, I guess. So, so it was like, okay, the, officially the wimpiest weather that you could possibly have is Santa Barbara. And then the second would be San Francisco Bay area. And then I don't know where else you would go to for wimpy weather. So maybe you get sick of wimpy weather. So it's something interesting. I don't know if I'll go through with this in real life, but for my econ projects, we had a project at the end of the year where we basically had to make budget sheets for three different stages of life. So you basically have to make up your own little narrative on like where you're living, how many kids you're going to have, kind of stuff like that. Like, uh, like what, what job is your husband slash wife going to have? 
And so a lot of people with the, the strategy of, oh, my wife is going to be a neuroscientist and she's going to make 300K a year. <laughs> it was like a totally legit strategy just because it was for just the econ project or just learning how to budget, like paying out taxes and stuff like that. So what I, I actually did was I chose to live in Riversdale, uh, which is... I think it's Riversdale. It's like a county in um, right next to LA. Riverside? So you mean Riverside? Yeah, Riverside. Yeah. So, so that's what, uh, like the housing there's really expensive. Like <laughs> it's pretty expensive, and I, I don't know if it would grow more. But that I, but for my project, it was kind of interesting because I was like, okay, so I could live here. And I could possibly work at this college that's nearby. And I could possibly uh, like work at LA if I oh, go through that terrible commute. But it's an option. And Riverside also has jobs there. And like one of the cool things I thought was like I'm right next to uh, right next to what's it called Joshua Tree National Park. <laughs> <laughs> was like, oh, I can go there all the time and rock climb. <laughs> so, of course, on the econ budget sheet, I got to cut down so many expenses on fun stuff because I just go to Joshua Tree to rock climb. <laughs> well, that's good then. If you if you made you realize how much it would cost you to actually do that, I mean, there are people who actually live that way. My brother Patrick was like that. What he did, you know, he had a really fascinating strategy towards life, and it was something to the effect um, he um, he would save up his money and then he would go traveling. That was what he did, <laughs> and so and he, you know he lived really frugally, and then he traveled frugally too. But his travels, you know, he traveled more than I, most people I've ever met. And he was a traveler; he wasn't a tourist. He would go to a place. And basically live there and travel and you know what I mean? That's a different way of living than a tourist like me, which I want to go to the nice places and stay in a nice hotel and eat nice food, you know. And he was like, No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here as long as I can and see what I can. And he like he bought a motorcycle when he was in uh 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 New Zealand. And he's traveling around New Zealand by motorcycle. And he would meet people and he'd say, well, I went to this place, went to that place. And there are people that lived in New Zealand that had never been to the places he'd been to. You know, you, you know what it's like when you run across people like that, that travel a lot. So that's how he was. And he, he saved up his money and he lived that way. That was how he lived. And I thought that was kind of unique and interesting. So it's, it's good that an econ class would show you what, uh, you know, what it would take to live, you know, by, Living near Joshua Tree and doing, all, you know, rock climbing, okay? If that's what you wanted to optimize for. So, okay. Let me know if that's what you're trying to do because, I mean, what I would be, I would be mindful of is keeping ways of, let's say that was your strategy. I don't think that is. That was just something you did for a class, right? You didn't, yeah, you didn't really. Let's say it was, though. Then I would try to find ways to help you implement your lifestyle. If I read magazines or find something that, you know, oh, did you know if you do rock climbing and do this, you could actually be a rock climber for a living and they'll pay you to do it, you know, that kind of thing. So let me know if you settle on a, 
on a strategy for life. <laughs> I thought about the nomadic lifestyles, but then I, I thought, man, with my eczema, I cannot survive like that. I just, I kind of need to have one place where I can keep clean and like sleep in the same bed. Like, there's no way I could survive a nomadic lifestyle in a van or like just paying rent in different areas. It's just, not for me, so I'm gonna have to go with a much more standard like life path. So, but I'm okay with that. So, would by nomadic you mean living in different areas of the country? Yeah, all the time. Okay. Like I think for me, like if, if I'm switching places every month, my my skin probably would not like that because. It would take a lot of time to like set up like all my allergies and stuff and keep things clean. So I think I could probably switch locations like every three months and handle that okay, but like it's not like too often. So I discovered this new game that's really fun. Oh, yeah? It's called uh, the main thing is it gets the idea of like living in nature, being the self-made man, kind of like those ideas really well in the game. What's the name of this game again? Stardew Valley. Stardew? D-U-E? It's, yeah, D-E-U, or no, it's a D-E-Y, like. Oh, Star. Whiskey. W? Stardew, okay. I have to look that up. So, so it's like a game where you, you like you could. It's really like a forge your own path kind of thing, but they do have like the guidelines, like mission for the first uh, two years of farming in game, not like real life years. So it's really interesting. Like you could fish, you could go mining, which is something I quite like to do in the game. Uh, run around the entire map and find portables, which is kind of randomly spawned sometimes. So uh, you sell things, you find things, you, you uh, cultivate things. Well, you can also like doing that as a game is a lot different than doing it in real life. Uh, of course, because what I've heard and I've studied that as a lifestyle, I studied it, and and almost invariably. The people who do that as a lifestyle get sick of it as a lifestyle. It just gets too much, too much trouble. It's not even fun anymore. So the only time I've read, because I've always tried to think of alternative ways of living, lifestyles, that kind of thing. And the one that I, I got the most intrigued about was these people. And it was when I was at UC Santa Barbara, they had their, their, uh, sailboats parked right outside UC Santa Barbara because their son was going to UC Santa Barbara for school. So they didn't pay any rent, didn't pay a dime for parking their boat there. And so here's this kid that comes off a boat straight. I mean, you can see the boat from UC Santa Barbara. Okay. They had two boats and, and then they basically on his breaks, they go wherever they want, you know, and then they wrote a couple of articles at the time. And I just thought it was so intriguing. And th- these people did not seem like they were getting sick of their, you know, nomadic type of lifestyle. Because they could go wherever they wanted, as long as it was on the sea. 
Now, nomadic on the land is different, and it's probably a lot safer and cheaper too. I, I think you get a lot of people that do that because you end up with uh, people live in their vans and, and, and realize they can kind of go wherever they want, you know, but I, with your eczema, you couldn't do that. I have uh, psoriasis. Have you ever seen it? Is that you? Can you hear me? I think it dropped us. Was the disconnect somehow? Yeah. Sorry. I'm gonna blow my nose really quick. All right. Still getting. I kind of just woke up, <laughs> so I'm still getting through the morning frog. I'm gonna get some coffee. So do you happen to think if UCLA is anywhere near a beach? I figured out why I like beaches because they, they keep the weather cool. Yeah, it does keep the weather cool, so I like that part. <laughs> so it looks like it's a good. Uh, oh, okay. Wait, it's only about 20 miles from the beach or 10 miles. Okay, it's close enough to the beach. So I would be looking towards, oh, Topanga State Park. See, this is where all the rich people live. This is a wealthy area of La of Los Angeles. I don't think I can aff afford to live there. Oh well. I may not be able to live near you. Uh, that might be my goal, but I I'm not so sure I can I can do that as a goal. Well, have to see. You going to go for a master's degree, you think? That's another wait and see kind of idea. 
expensive. Do you know what you want to do? Some of the engineering that's easier is, and in fact, I think civil engineering is easier than most, is when it stays static. When you go to dynamics, that's where it gets hard. So a bridge, when you design a bridge, once you design it and it sits there in place, it's pretty well designed. It's going to stay there and probably work. But when you have a bridge that has to move, be you know, move up to get a, let a ship through, one of those kind of drawbridge. Now you got all kinds of mechanical problems and issues and all kinds of stuff, and then you got to study the dynamics of it, and it's not easy. And then you realize after you've been in the field for a while that you do it kind of the way everybody else has been doing it. <laughs> and then you, you might add some new wrinkle to it because that's what everybody's talking about. Right. But, um, in electronics, what it was, uh, when I first started, everything was at say two microns. So that meant the line width of a transistor was two microns wide. And then it went to one micron, and then it went to sub-micron, and then they went to, you know, 100 nanometers or 90 nanometers, 40 nanometers. I think they're down to five nanometers now or something, you know. Something insane. Yeah. And the weird thing is the smaller and smaller the transistors get, the more they have problems keeping them uh, static. They become much more dynamic problems. And they also have a lot more leakage issues, you know. So what used to be act as a transistor now acts more like a capacitor, frankly. And it leaks like a capacitor and, and you have to refresh it as often as a capacitor. And it's like, that's not what a transistor was all about when they first started using transistors. So that's where we're headed. I don't, I don't know what that means for you guys in, in civil engineering, but um, I imagine you got the same sort of thing where everybody does the same thing because that's how they've been doing it. Still there? Can you hear me? Uh-oh, I think I hit mute. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. I think I hit mute at some point. Probably <laughs> you went quiet for a bit. All right, well, I'm very proud of you. I hope that you, are, you do well and... You're playing it by ear. I get it. So yeah, maybe sorry. you'll learn to play by ear. I have no idea. If you want to pray for me, pray that whatever God has planned for me, that we discover it and go that path. Okay. So. Yeah, that's kind of a hard one to figure out, isn't it? It is a hard one. Yeah. All right, let me I pray. Know. I'll pray right now. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for Daniel, and we ask that you would help him with his plan for life, that you, if you have a plan for his life, that you would help him to discover it and, and implement it and to do your will in his life. That's a very um, humble and, uh, and true and spiritually right thing for a, a, a man his age to be doing. I just ask that you would bless him with that and, uh, and help him to make the decisions and to move forward. Thank you, Lord, in the name of your son. Amen. All right. When do you uh, when do you think you're going to move? With this coronavirus? Wait and see. That's, that's my life right now. <laughs> I think it's going to blow, blow over in about a month. It depends. Like, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I hear that the curve's starting to flatten now, but. Who knows if or when the, the government's going to, like, decide it's safe enough. Like, like are they going to decide it's safe enough once the, like, rate of the curve or whatever is, like, starting to go down a good amount? Or are they going to wait until completely back to where it was before? Or, like, well, I, I just I don't know these things. Uh, well, the whole... I don't know these things, so, yeah. The whole point was supposed to be so that you didn't overwhelm the uh, hospitals, right? Yeah. And then it turns out they overreacted. And so now the hospitals are like one quarter full instead of <laughs> over full. So, and they're actually laying off nurses and stuff like that. So I think there was a bit of an overreaction to this virus thing. <laughs> and then there's other states like Florida that didn't close down as much. And it was it turns out not as many people died as you know. It's like not a big deal. So well, California also has like I don't know, like what ten times the population. I'm pretty sure the more dense you are, the the worse the harder you are. it is. So. We're not very as a nation, as a country, as a state. We aren't very dense. L.A. is dense. We have dense areas. Yeah, there are dense areas, but for the most part, we're not very dense. Uh, San Jose and, and San Francisco Bay Area is kind of dense a little bit. Uh, yeah, how often people travel, like in our state, maybe people of Florida don't travel as much, and whereas people in like on the Bay Area might be like going all over the world, like all the time. Like, <laughs> I think it is a function of density how bad the virus hit, but uh, yeah. LA is pretty dense and it didn't hit that hard in LA. So when people are going to the beach and they're trying to tell them not to go to the beach now, it's like, but that's like social distancing. If you're out at the beach, you know, you can barely even cough far enough and get in the direction of someone else. So I don't understand it, but I think a lot of this uh, was politics. There was a lot of overreaction due to politics, most likely. I just discovered that there's this, some virus when I was a kid called the Hong Kong virus. And it was in 1968 and uh, it killed a uh, hundred thousand Americans. And it's weird. Cause I never heard a thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> apparently lived through it and there was no shutdown. There was no, none of the, no stock market crash, nothing. Although they did have issues in New York. They had a, had a state of emergency in New York because, you know, density, population density. So I think uh, this is just 
Hong Kong virus two, you know, part two, this is the sequel. <laughs> and then people are more wimpy now. They're, they're, they overreacted because it doesn't kill as many as the Hong Kong virus did. So, oh, well, <laughs> not, not too much of my problem, although it's directly affected me with my life savings and my, um, my landlord is basically wants to kick me out because of the because of this virus. Are you still there? Yeah, still there. Okay. All right. Well, um, I guess I can tell you one more thing that's been going on just since. Uh, so I'll patch up a little bit. So for the past uh, few weeks, uh, at school, I used to do this thing called, uh, where we used to do this thing where we go to San Miguel, they have the kids club there, and we just do this cute little like song, game, maybe a game. Then we like, just, this is like during lunch at school, so we couldn't really do too much because of the time, but basically got to play with the kids there and like reach the gospel a little bit just like that. So now we've been, since the coronavirus, we've been doing these uh, video kids clubs. And it's pretty funny, like me and my friend Sheen, we've been a crew for a little bit on this. So, so two weeks ago, what we did was uh, we used my stuffed animals as basically puppets to reenact the story of uh, the Good Samaritan. <laughs> so that was fun. And, and then um, last week, what we did was we did, we we're doing a psalm, so we just had like, we just had like a voiceover with a bunch of pictures for the psalms part, and then we had a few skits that were just really goofy. We literally did the skits on Zoom, so we're all in our own <laughs> our own section of the screen, like trying to interact with each other. And so about like the lessons in that song. Hmm. That's that's what I've been up to, I guess. Do you guys post I, the videos anywhere? Yeah, I can. Uh, uh, So the most recent one, we haven't come out with the video yet. So I'm just going to put this in the Zoom chat. Are you on your computer or phone? Yes. Do you mind if I, um, while we're talking, I'm going to go and look at this? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. So, just expect like kind of a kid-friendly video. <laughs> like there's crafts. There's like a short little lesson. It's 26 minutes long. Yeah. 
Did you come up with the uh, graphics at the beginning of this? No, that was somebody else. Like, we had a pretty big... Is that someone you know? Tiffany, huh? Isn't that your girlfriend? No. Uh, my girlfriend's sister did this, though. Oh. She was... Yunha? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, this is cool. I kind of like it. I'm going to look at it later when we're not talking, okay? I yeah. I, I kind of wanted to get the gist of it. That's cool. I like it. Yeah, we had a pretty big team of people. Like me and Sheaton, we were just we were just in charge of basically a skit on that video. But we also did a magic trick just as a little as a little break. <laughs> so you'll you'll get to see what the magic trick was. It's Pretty, it's pretty obvious, but I, I think it's really cool. It took way too many tries to get right. <laughs> I used to think uh, I used to think Jesus uh, coming out of the grave was a magic trick. I know that sounds silly, but I used to think that, and there are people out there that still think that, and, it, and it's like, uh, yeah, I understand thinking that way. Yeah. Once you've processed it a few dozen times, you kind of go, there's no way that's a magic trick. There's just no way. <laughs> there's even a magician, um, I think his name was Andrew Cole or something like that, who tried to replicate the, the um, what you call uh, resurrection as a magic trick. Because you know how the magicians are always trying to replicate each other's tricks and stuff. And he said he couldn't do it. You know, with all those witnesses and all that stuff, there's no way you could do it. Like with all the witnesses, the criteria of actually getting like stabbed with the spear. <laughs> yeah, so it would be like what a fake stab, right? Okay, I'm sticking this up the guy's side, and then out comes blood, <laughs> right? And, and and it'd be like that had to be a really good magic trick, right? And and then uh, but just dying and for two three days inside the uh, the tomb. I guess he, if it was a magic trick, then he wouldn't really have died. Yeah, like that, that would have to be the thing. You'd have to somehow pretend you died. Yeah. Let's say all the Roman guards are like actors. They're paid actors. Like, So the guy that stabs you with his spear doesn't actually stab you with his spear. I don't know. Like, yeah. He would have to be in on it, right? And then uh, too many people would have to be in on it, which is nonsense. There's no way that those Roman guards would be in on it. Yeah, so you have to somehow get the Roman guards at least to be in on it. And for the disciples, they're definitely not in on it. They died for, for like, that belief. Like, I don't know about any other magician, but I don't think any magician apprentice is about to, like, still keep the secrets of, of like, the trick if somebody points a gun to their head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You got to give that up. You either give it up or you're dead. Uh, and it's just a magic trick, right? Well, I'm going to die for a magic trick. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So, Which is good because then it's good for us to examine our belief systems and figure out what we really do believe and uh, and move forward on it.
because God is there and he's real and he's taking care of us and showing us he loves us. And he has a plan. He has a plan for you, but we don't know what that is. And he had a plan for me and I probably screwed it up. (laughs) And that, you know, you know, he's like a a master artist. So he counts on you screwing it up. Right. (laughs) That's part of the art. God also chooses very unlikely people too. So, yes, like Gideon. Gideon is becoming one of my favorite guys. Yeah. So he chose Gideon because Gideon was a crappy band band leader. <laughs> Did you know that? Gideon was not a very good band leader. He was kind of mediocre, to be candid. And God, and and so he basically, when God said, "Okay, Gideon, you're going to lead this army," he's like, "Lead the army, dude! I can barely even lead this band." <laughs> and and God goes, "I know," and that's why I chose you. And you go, "Wait a second, okay, now I really have gone crazy here." Okay, and then Gideon does the test, and he finds out, okay, God, it really is God. So, okay, then I'm going to go through with this. There's an army, 300,000 people in that army coming towards us. And you chose me to choose 300 men to take on 300,000. Okay. I I forgot the exact numbers, but he's like, you you really want me to do this 300? God's like, no. It's like, oh, thank God. It's like, I want less. It's like, wait, wait a second. That's right. Because at first he chose 3,000. Yeah. And then God says, no, you still have too many. And he's like, tell anybody who doesn't want to fight, go home. Anybody who wants to go see their wife, go home. Anybody who drinks this way instead of this way. I forget what, how it was when he went to the pond, right? That was how he chose them. And it was like, it doesn't matter how you choose them because it, I can use anybody. And I didn't want to, and this is going to show you how random and easy it is for God to work if as long as you're following what God says. So Gideon, ta- Gideon the, the mediocre band leader, takes the, the weird, weird drinking <laughs> guys in his band and, the, and they take pans and they're banging pans, bang, 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 not even very good at banging pans. And they're blowing horns. That's about it. I mean, uh, yeah, banging pans and blowing horns. Now, he's a band leader, so he's probably going, okay, you got to make sure this is the right tune. You got to get that right, you know. And God says, probably said, (laughs) and God's saying, like, it doesn't matter. And, And he's going like, dude, how can you say it doesn't matter? That's the wrong tone, wrong tune, okay? And so they get out into the middle of the, I think it's a Syrian army. And then, and okay. Bang, 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 bang. Bang. And so it turns out that when you have huge armies like that, one army coming, you know, over the hill with a hundred thousand men, the, when you know that you're in deep shit is when you hear their horses clanging together, all the stuff that's on a horse, 
And then you hear the bands, the 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 generals, and the, what they're going do to do to do. Oh, go over to the left. Do to do to do to do. Okay, you guys camp over on the right. Do to do to do to retreat. Do to do to do. Okay, and that's how they would communicate with each other. Was was with the horns. It didn't matter because they didn't have the, the other side's horn tones figured out, right? So he gets in the middle of this huge army. Bang, 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 bang. And they wake up in the middle of the night going, oh, shit, there's a huge army right on top of us. That, that's how they communicate to armies. Oh, we're, we're, we're screwed. We are so screwed. And so they start fighting each other. And that was how Gideon, that was the plan for God with Gideon. Like, no, you don't have to be a first-class uh, uh, band leader. <laughs> In fact, it might even be better for you not to just worry about. <laughs> so in some ways, I feel like I'm a little bit like Gideon. I know I'm a disappointment to you, but maybe God has more plans for me than we both realize. Anyways, I think that's about everything that's going on. All right. Hey, um, I can see you right to your – are you holding up your right hand or your left hand? Oh, this is my right hand. Your, le oh. your left hand, there's a, um, uh, a thing on your left. It looks like – yes, you're pointing right at it. Is that a flying saucer? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. It looks just like a flying saucer. Uh, oh. <laughs> it, it is like, oh, is that flying saucer art of some kind? <laughs> All right. Uh, this over here was a poster of, of, of a rock climber. And in my other room, I switched to Grace's old room so that we could repaint that one. This was... The little hole here was over the light switch. So I thought that was kind of cool. But it doesn't fit in this room. The light switch is on the other side. Oh, okay. And you know, that's where I, this is where I keep my clothes. There's a Lego set that just kind of sits on top. Uh, yearbooks, books, random, random trinkets. Yeah. Hey, um, now that you've got a, you know where you're going. What about your girlfriend? Are you serious about her? What's going to be going on with her? Um, we, in all honesty, we never really talked about college together that much. Like, she didn't seem to want to do that. Like, so I think for I think for our plan is just we're just going to have to go long distance. Fortunately for us, it's actually not that long distance. She's also in a school in L.A. Oh, so she's going to L.A. too. Yeah, so we might be able to see each other, but since I'm going to UCLA, I probably won't have a car. I, she, she still hasn't gotten her driver's license yet, too. So it may be hard to see each other, but it could be possible. So most likely we're going to have most of A symbol of wealth or health? Well, coming. As I mentioned one time with me before, uh, the whole area on the south side of 101 between uh, Great America and Lawrence was all built up. 
Uh, we right. took that exit. We took that exit, uh, Great America, and this big bowling ball-sized owl swooped right in front of us. We didn't hit it, and I, I told my friend that, and they go, "Oh, that's a sign of wealth coming," you know. And then, and then the, so my check came, so it was weird. But that's the way it was. But you realize so, those are just superstitions, right? I do. Okay. Yep, I do. So anyway. If I could ask you a few questions just to get your opinion on it. Alrighty. I'll try not to interrupt you. Okay. The background is I have someone, his name is Donnie, and he's coming up. I'm going to meet him in Los Banas on Monday. He's coming up from Las Vegas. And we dated over a decade ago. And it wasn't a sexual thing because he had diabetes and sex wasn't a an option. I think what he was doing was having sex with hookers or trappy women and he didn't want to affect me, which was perfectly fine. So at some point after we sort of weren't dating, I think it was when it was really hot in the summer and he had been living, he, he's kind of a vagabond. He just lives in his car and stays here, stays there and then goes back to see his kids and then once he's gone for a while, he comes back out and people are, hey, good to see you, sure you can stay here for a month. So he kind of does that, and that's sort of his life now. He had been married, uh, had two kids, had a wife, had a jewelry store for 25 years, I gave up that, went into Elvis, Roy Orbison, now John Lennon, and um, Rod Stewart impersonating fabulous singer. He's related to Loretta Lynn and another major singer, and Billy the Kid on his mom's side. Uh, he's McCarty. So all that said, I'm an interesting guy. Very, very smart. Dad was a cop, so he's learned sneaky stuff. Anyway, he came to live with me in Los Banas in 2000, I don't know, seven, 2008, maybe, 2009. And he was a really good, he was easy to live with. And mainly because he was kind of quiet and he does a lot of thinking and he spends time on the computer. Well, what he was doing was he was making arrangements for his getaway because Los Banas was too slow for him. Had a beautiful house there, and that I know of, he didn't snoop through my stuff, because I don't like people snooping through my shit. That I know of, he didn't snoop through anything. It was all so organized, I would have been able to tell. The only, the, probably the worst thing about him at the time was that he ate weird food, and I started eating his weird diet, and I started gaining weight. And he just didn't eat healthy at the time. He's, he's one of those roller coaster diabetics. Eats well for a while, but eats popcorn and chocolate and, and a beer. So, you know, he moved on. He went out and did his thing and come and gone across the country and whatnot. Well, the last time he went across the country was over a year ago, and he had a diabetic episode. So he had a car problem, and he stepped in. He got out in Texas, and he didn't have closed shoes on. Diabetics have to be concerned about their feet. And he got some weird infection in his foot. Went back to Oklahoma. Oh, not Oklahoma. Ohio. And they, he was in the hospital for a long time, and they were wondering if the infection went to his bone. They were almost going to cut his foot off, but they saved him. So we stayed there, visited with his kids, grandkids, came back out here, went back over there a year ago, and had a diabetic episode, hit a car, was out crawling on the street, cut himself up pretty bad, ended up in a hospital for almost a year with this on-again, off-again hole in his foot, and it literally looks like a belly button in going crosswise 
underneath that ankle bone on the inside of his right foot. He showed me a picture of his gross. So apparently that's not contagious because I'm a germaphobe. I don't know if you figured that out or not. So anyway, he was back there for a long time. He got out. He came back out here. And then all of a sudden, Las Vegas is shut down with coronavirus. I said, where are you going to stay? I'm going to stay at the Dan's house, which is this kind of sick woman named Diana who's never worked a day in her life. She's living with her current husband and her two ex-husbands because they're all friends. They're all in the music industry. And so she let him stay there for a while. And he had his own room. It was upstairs, even though it was hard for him to get up and down with his foot. So a couple of days ago, a while back, we so she said, you know, there's nothing here for you. You can't go outside. You're not doing entertaining. Maybe you should go back to Ohio with your kids. But he likes painting at the beach in Southern California. So he had been talking to me about coming by probably the last time I'll see him because he is, he's going to be 60. Oh, shit. I'm going to be 63. He's going to be 70. Oh, my God. He's going to be 70 in June. I'm going to be 63 in July. And he'll probably go back and die at his daughter's house. Because she's a, she works in the hospital. She was an EMT, and now she actually works in the hospital emergency room. So he's been talking about coming out here and visiting for a while. Now, if I had to, if I was sleeping in the camper, he couldn't visit because there'd be no place to visit. If I could hear you whispering outside the camper, you could hear me whispering inside the camper. So that wouldn't have even been an option. So with the apartment, the rules are you can only have it overnight for 10 days a year. Now, I don't know who monitors all that, but I'm kind of on the hot seat because of the security problem, et cetera, et cetera, and the mail problem, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I'm staying in an apartment that's really close in view to the main office. There's a camera on the building that points right this way. But I was told there's only three cameras on the property and none of them work. So I don't know if it works or not. At any which way, there's an entrance up the main walkway that you'll be seen, or there's an entrance from the back around the side that you can get into the actual building and come down, but you might be seen getting in and out of the actual unit, maybe. So I told him that the most he could stay is 10 days. But if he can get away with staying more in 10 days, on one hand, I don't care, because for the next month, I will be home. I'm, I'd like to get out and do what I think I do. Dog. Dog.
in static condition it works fine but but hey, Kevin? hey Thomas hey uh if you can uh if you hold this up uh, if you have that I won't be able to take that out what's that if you hold all the stuff up here to there then I won't be able to clean that up right well I'm wondering I mean it looks better and also there there's a lot of
All right, I guess I'm going to summarize what just happened in the last couple of hours. I, um, I was working out in the front yard, and the dog started barking at me, and the landlord came down and um, told me he didn't want me to work out in the front yard. He didn't like me moving dirt because that means he has to move the dirt. And then, so the whole point of putting the all those twigs and branches together was he was going to get a chipper and uh, chip them or something like that. So... He didn't want me to move the dirt. And when I did move the dirt, there's a bunch of junk in the dirt. And it looks a lot better with the dirt moved. It looks more like a, a garden than, than a garage with junk. Anyways, had a conversation with him, and he, he's basically kicking me out. He wants me to move out by the end of summer. He, uh, we, I, I had told him my plan was that I would move when I found out about my son. Or when my son would move, I would try to move wherever he goes, if I could. I even said, uh, yeah, if he, if he chooses UCLA, I don't even know. I don't like LA. And sure enough, right after I talked to the landlord, I talked to my son, and my son chose UCLA. So I'm feeling like shit. I like living here, but I don't like the dog, and I don't like how codependent the landlord is. Now, admittedly, I've done played my part in it to make things not so pleasant. Um, so I squeezed three years of living here. Um, for free. I like it. And now I'm going to have to move. I hate moving. I'm probably going to want to have to move somewhere down to L.A. So somewhere between the beach and UCLA. And I'm going to end up paying rent and end up, uh, I've lost probably about half of my savings. I don't really know what's going on. And I don't know, uh, I kind of get the impression God has things to do with me and whatever. I don't know. I'm kind of at the end of my life, I think, and so I'll just do whatever God wants me to do, because that's the end of that. I made a mess of things, and I don't even know how I made a mess of things. The closest I can figure out that I made a mess of things is that, is to go to that thing where it talks about self-discipline and emotional control by Dr. Tom Miller, and he talks about your amygdala your limbic system, and your cerebral cortex. And I kind of knew that instinctively. I just didn't know how to control the things that were coming, that were overwhelming my amygdala. And to be counted, Christ overwhelmed my amygdala with all this Bible prophecy stuff. It's kind of the only way he could reach me. So here I am 
maybe three months left on this property. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll try to squeeze out a couple more extra months or something. I have no idea. I just learned about it. And then, and I recorded the conversation. So I'm going to go ahead and load up the conversation and create the episode saying getting kicked out. And part of it was the dog and part of it was coronavirus. But reality is the landlord is using this as an excuse to get rid of me. He doesn't like me on the property anymore. Which is too bad because I enjoy this property. In some ways, I think I enjoy it more than he does. That might be part of it. But mostly it's because I'm an annoyance to him. So what's coming to my mind is a vision of living in a one room or in a, in a room as a roommate in some place and uh, living out the rest of my days, Southern California, I guess. But I don't know where Daniel's going to go. I need to pare down all of my things. I don't... So you don't need books. Books are useless. And I do want to keep my tools. And... That's about it. There's. I don't even need to keep my electronics. I don't know. Maybe I'll just go through my shit and deal with it. It's a beautiful day. Um, there are flies flying around in my shack. And count, let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's at least ten that I can count. That means there's more than ten. There's probably two dozen. So I'm spraying them right now. And that's that. I don't know what to do. I feel like shit. But I immediately called up my son and found out where is he going. And okay. I, I recorded my thing with the landlord and he wanted to hear back within two weeks. And I already know within a, a, an hour what's going on. So today is the day that I have decided that, or figured out that my life is going to change. Partly because of coronavirus, partly because of the fucking dog, partly because of codependency and my own inability to deal with things on a positive method with codependency. So when I uh, look at those things, I see that the landlord was using coronavirus. I knew that at the time. They're using coronavirus to try to kick me out. He's using the dog. He literally is saying, you know, he's worried about the dog biting me. And I said, the dog already bit me. So in a conversation between the landlord and a tenant and the dog, you know, he's kicking the guy out because the dog is going to bite him. That's basically what just happened, and I got that on recording. I didn't get the whole thing on recording because I screwed up, but I got—I think I got most of it. So I'm going to upload it here. So the big thing is codependency. From the very first moment I moved in, codependency. Oh, you can't have open flame. 
oh, uh, you're not going to pay rent. Oh, um, and then you start taking my inventory right away. Um, uh, friction with him, you know, on the basis of things like he invited me to Thanksgiving dinner and I did not want to go. I, and I told him why I told him because I, it reminds me of my own family. I have a family. My family doesn't want me to stay with them. My family doesn't want me for Thanksgiving. So going to someone else's family for Thanksgiving just reminds me that my own family doesn't want me. So I, I would prefer to just be alone than spend time with someone else's family. Uh, and he didn't understand the, uh, depression, and frankly, most people don't, and neither do I. I am a depressive. But it's a brain chemistry imbalance. So he thought he had the answer. Well, you're, you know, the whole thing is because you're not working. To be candid, when I did work, I felt more like shit than I did when I was when I'm not working. Nice thing about when you are working is you have self-esteem because the world values you. Esteem just means value. You have self-value. You know that you can make a certain amount of money, and there's value in that. The world values you. So there's world value when you're working. And I have decided I want God value. Where does God embrace and show his children value? To be candid, I don't think in the Christian uh, thing, there's not a lot of value being shown to people. God doesn't show a lot of value. Or God, maybe he, you know, he died for us. He showed his value that way. But the Christian church doesn't show value. The whole purpose of today's Christian church is to gather people on a Sunday and, and have, sing some songs, listen to some half-hour sermon. And that's about it. It's, it's a Christian social club is what it is. And they're recruiting teenagers cheerleaders they're not recruiting people out of uh, out of the world to with a superior um, intellectual intellect or a superior solution to to life which is, Christianity actually is a superior solution to life and they're not doing it so so my whole embracement of Christianity was based on an intellectually thing that I, I perceived that it was intellectually superior, but the reality is there aren't very many intellectually superior, intellectually um, solid Christians. And the ones that are intellectually solid, they're intellectually solid in some other area. Like Bill is a really great engineer. And all these people that are really good at what they do but be candid, they're not very good at being Christian. Like you think of uh, Steve Zeisler, who's, who his whole reason for being is to be a pastor, right? To help other people be Christian and to lead Christians. And uh, he went out of his way to disrupt and destroy my life. And he represented the church on that day that he did that. I gave him the keys to the church. So you can't accept keys to the church if you aren't representing the church at that moment. 
And you can't turn around and say, well, I represented the church that moment, but I wasn't representing the church two moments before. In the same room, same meeting, same everything. No, that's bullshit. So I don't know how, how to resolve this. Uh, how do we get, do I even want the message to get out? I don't know. I don't know how to get all this shit out. It's just, I've lived a unique life. Now my life is kind of unique. This has been my, um, my Walden Pond period. And it's been filled with all kinds of anxiety. Huh. I gotta tell you, my temptation, my temptation right now is to screw Thomas over and say, well, I have you on record for basically kicking me out because of the coronavirus. And that's against the law. It's criminal. And this dog barking and coming and biting me and all that shit, that's criminal too. So, criminal charges against you, Thomas. Not just civil. I'm going to sue your ass off. But what good does that do for me to sue Thomas? Because he was generous enough to let me live here. And he's codependent. And he can't, he can't break out of being codependent any better than I can, I guess. He, he's codependent and he thinks he's better than, than codependence. And if they, people just do what he says, then, uh, <laughs> then they, their life would be so much better. Damn, I, I, I don't have a, an answer. I feel like the answer is just right around the corner, and I don't have it. And the answer has to do with Jesus and God and, and just, you know, let God be God and do, do whatever God has to do in these situations. Um, but I also get a distinct impression that God pushes us around a little bit to see when are we going to stop putting up with this injustice. Right? I want to start a whole social movement. I want to start a union. We're going to go into, into churches. We're going to go into offices. We're going, to, we're going to go into places of work. And there's going to be everywhere. And it's all going to be social union. We're going to be the precariat class. And the whole point of precariat class is you fuck with us. We're going to call people up. And then now you got an entire class of people that are going to fuck with you. It's like being in a union. You fuck with one guy at the union, you're fucking with the whole union. You fuck with one bee in a, uh, in a hive, all of a sudden the hive's after you. And we need to develop a hive. And the meek shall inherit the earth, and these are the meek. The precarious class is the meek. I don't want to develop, to inherit the earth. I just want to have a hive where I can feel safe. And if somebody comes and fucks with me, then, then the hive goes after them. And sure, maybe I die in it too, but at least the hive is protected. I don't have a hive right now. Christians are supposed to be my hive. And... They went out of their way to fuck me up. And now I just had a conversation with my son where he said you could pray that God would show him what his will is for his life. 
okay, I'm glad my son managed to just kind of sidestep the entire issue with me and my mental illness and my wife betraying me and the church going out of their way because fuck, what is the deal with the fucking church? I don't get it. For whatever the reason, churches are not operating like Christians. They're operating worldly right now. And that's gonna that is gonna hurt the Christian churches in a big way. Okay, well now I gotta I gotta deal with moving, deal with living again. I don't even know if I have money. I haven't paid taxes in a long time. The last time I tried to pay taxes was twenty fourteen and I tried to pay I tried to let them know that I got a $28,000 gift, $14,000 from, uh, from my stepbrother and stepsister because that was what was left over from when both, you know, their, her mom and our dad died and they took care of all the bills and none of us wanted any of the money. It didn't matter. We didn't think there was any money. And several years later, they're turning around saying, oh, there's money left over. And then they, they distributed it to us, and apparently $14,000 is kind of the maximum you can give to somebody without triggering some tax burden. So they gave it to all of us siblings, and then they kicked the rest, and we have no idea what the rest is. It's probably way more than 14000 per person, which is fine, because we thought they should keep the whole thing. So it was generous of them, and cool. And I ended up living off of that money. And most people don't realize it in my family, but I lived off of that money because I had basically was starting to live on my my savings at that point. And that money came in and I lived for a year or so or two off of that money. So I have been semi-retired since 2013 or so. That was when I worked for Diamond Systems, and, and I was trying to implement um, my own program for uh, living, you know, uh, controlling my limbic system, and it wasn't working. I need a, I need other people. I need a whole program to exist for me to do this. And it didn't work, and there, that place was really, really a bad place to work. And... Um, I eventually got caught in a layoff, and then, that was in 2013. And then I decided, well, I'm going to live off of unemployment, and then after that, I'm going to live off of my savings, whatever I have. And uh, I've been living off savings since then, and uh, now it looks like kind of the end of the rope. Can't really tell. Can't really tell. All right, well, that's where things are right now.